You're listening to the weekly Calvary Chapel Divine Digital Devotion with Pastor Michael Petit. Hey, before we get into our devotion today, I wanted you to hear this audio clip from the Southern Baptist Convention with Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church, and we'll talk about it on the other side of this audio clip. You know, um, first, everybody welcome to Orange County, Southern Baptist of 149 Southern Baptist churches here, 90 of them started by Saddleback Church. You know, it's customary um, for a a guy who's about to be hung to let him say his dying words. (laughs) I have no intention of defending myself. I have taught my kids and grandkids for years. I am most like Christ when I refuse to defend myself. The Bible says Jesus spoke not a word unto them when Pilate accused him of all kinds of things. So I have no intention. Uh, I have most of you on my mailing list anyway, and I can write you and tell you what I believe about the gift of pastoring as opposite from the office of pastoring. But I'm not here to talk about that. Lunchtime, I wrote you a love letter, and I'd like for my possibly, likely, last convention to read it to you. Kay and I could have not built Saddleback Church to its size and influence in any other denomination. I love Southern Baptist. I am a fourth-generation Southern Baptist pastor. My great-grandfather was led to Christ by Charles Spurgeon and sent to America as a church planter. Saddleback was sponsored by the North American Mission Board. I served on the staff of the California State Convention and the Texas State Convention as a teenager. Billy Graham picked me up when I was 18 and for the next 52 years mentored me because I started at 16 years old, hired by the California Convention to preach youth revivals, and I had preached preached over 120 uh, harvest crusades before I was 20. Billy took this long-haired, skinny Californian and mentored me for the next 52 years. Here's my love letter to you because I really am grateful. If this is my last convention, Because of Southern Baptist polity, I was allowed to serve one church for life. That's not possible in most denominations. And grew grew it to become the largest church in this convention. Because Southern Baptist gave me a passion for evangelism and mission, we baptized 56,631 new believers. And as a Southern Baptist Church sent 26,869 members overseas to 197 nations. Because Southern Baptist taught me the value of a membership covenant, 78,157 members of our church signed our membership covenant after taking a four-hour membership class. Because Southern Baptist taught me to emphasize the priority of Bible study, we now have 9,173 home Bible studies in homes in 162 Southern California cities. Because Southern Baptist taught me the value of church planting, as I already mentioned, we planted 90 in Orange County alone and literally thousands around the world. Because Southern Baptist taught me to honor and love the local church, I've had the privilege for 43 years 
of training 1.1 million pastors. That, sorry friends, that's more than all the seminaries put together. I owe you all so much. So I sincerely say, thank you, Southern Baptist, for shaping my life. And it you're never going to find another Baptist who agrees with you completely on everything. There are Baptist brothers here today who don't believe Jesus died for the whole world. But we imagine somehow get along with them. So as Western culture grows more dark, more evil, more secular, we have to decide, are we going to treat each other as allies or adversaries? Second, since this is the year 2022, that means we are 2022 years from the birth of Christ. Now we know Christ started his ministry at 30 years of age, Luke tells us that, had a three and a half year ministry. Christ died in AD 33, he was resurrected in AD 33, he gave the Great Commission in AD 33, he sent the Holy Spirit and started the church in AD 33. That means 2033, just 11 years from today, is the 2000th anniversary of the Great Commission. I hope one of you, because I won't be here next year, will make a resolution that Baptists take the next 10 years to finish the task of the Great Commission in our generation before the 2000th anniversary of the church. Are we going to keep bickering over secondary issues? Are we going to keep the main thing the main thing? We need to finish the task, and that will make God smile. Thank you, everybody. I love you. All right. That was uh, uh, Pastor Rick Warren at the Southern Baptist Convention uh, defending his views on uh, women pastors. And so um, I wanted to share that because there's there's some issues where I really believe that we've gotten to a place of of and even in Rick Warren's case where you're 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 wanting to push an agenda and you're you're doing gymnastics with the scripture, so to say. You're you're bending the scripture the direction that, that you needed to go. And and we have to be careful with that because that's that can put us in a very uh, weird situation. Because the scripture is very clear. It doesn't contradict itself. If you look at the scripture overall, even going back to the beginning in Genesis where, you know, God created them, uh, created male uh, in his image, male and female. But he gave man to rule. Um, and, and we find out as we even look at the offices for you know, elders, deacons, and overseers are all men uh, that are qualifications. Um, we see the the scripture when when the deacons are originally picked out, and they pick out men. And so the problem is, is Rick had ordained women. Uh, so Pastor Al uh, actually questioned that. And so Rick went on a rant 
And and one of the biggest things that really um, makes me nervous is when somebody says I'm not going to say anything because Christ didn't say anything, but then they 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 just talk. And not only did he talk, but he he laid out basically his resume. And when he laid out his resume, it wasn't what the Lord had done through Saddleback Church or what what the Lord had done through the ministry. But it was like, we did this, and we did this, and we did this. And then he he lets them know right off the bat, like, hey, you know, 90 of the churches here out of the 140 are from Saddleback Churches. And then he also says, this may be the last, um, you know, this may be my last, you know, convention. Which is, you know, it's just the way that it was done was weird. Um, but I want to read something to you just so you can understand because of the culture, the culture that we're in today, they're pushing this and, and what's happening is the pastors of these mega churches are, are, are moving forward, uh, with this progressive type Christianity. And even uh, I'm going to read just some of the headlines when the, the women were ordained, it was in here. Uh, these are just the headlines, and, and some of these are from Christian newspapers, Christian magazines, CBN. I think CBN said Rick Warren Saddleback Church make, makes a bold move. Uh, Rick Warren's SBC Mega Church ordains women, uh, women pastors in a historic first. You know, uh, the Washington Post Saddleback Church ordains three women defying the Southern Baptists. Or the church, the largest church in SBC ordains three women's, uh, three women as pastors, and and so these are some Christian CBN, uh, the Christian Post, um, you know, different, uh, the Washington Post, the um, the Christian headlines, and some other stuff that the Christian Christianity Today also covered it, but then you had you had it covered by secular um, newspapers as well. And so one of the things I have a problem with with all of this is, is one, I'm going to read you the scripture. We just kind of gave you a little quick history of, of the way that God sets things in place. And, and the one thing that we always want to do with scripture is we want to understand that the context of scripture. And, and that's, that's, we're always taught that context is king. Um, and I believe that, that God's word is never contradictory to something that's been shared in the Bible. Um, so if, if one of the things I heard is that Paul was, you know, said it here, but he meant something different here. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not what the Bible does. The Bible is inerrant, it's without error. And so if you read the scripture, it's very clear um, the position uh, that a woman cannot be um, a pastor or have authority over men. And, and that's, that comes from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. But if you read the, the verses before that, you actually read um, 1 Timothy chapter 2. We pick it up in verse 8 just so you can kind of get some context, a little verses before and a little verses after. It says, I desire then that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger and quarreling, like Likewise, also, that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, with good works. 
Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, rather she is to remain quiet. For Adam was first uh, was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Um, yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So we kind of get what Paul is talking about, and he he's very specific that I don't do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. And he gives the reason. For Adam was formed first. God put him, uh, we're created uh, equally, but God has a role for us as men to be leaders. That's, that's the way that we were designed by God. Uh, and you, if you go, well, that doesn't line up with the Bible. I've never heard that before. You can just, you can just look at the scriptures because the scriptures tell us that. You know, if you look at, uh, at, at 1 Corinthians 11, it says, Now I have come, 11, verse 2, it says, Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain these uh, traditions even as I deliver them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of the wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. And then if you look at Ephesians, Ephesians kind of goes a little bit further with that. In Ephesians chapter um, in, in, in chapter 5, let me just pull that up. I had it up here a few seconds ago. In Ephesians chapter 5, you know, the verse that men memorize, unfortunately, all the time, but it's, Wife, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and he is himself Savior. Now, as... The church submits to Christ, also the wife should submit in everything to their husbands. Now you read all that and you go, man, that's a lot of... It's pretty straightforward. Acts chapter 6 verse 3, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of spirit and of wisdom, whom you will appoint this duty, who become deacons. They become deacons. You know, if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, as he gives the qualifications for an overseer, for a deacon, it, it says in First Timothy chapter three, this, the the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of an overseer, he he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his uh, children submissive. For if anyone does not know how to manage his household, how will he care for God's church? Then he goes into the deacon. You go, a woman can be a deacon. It says, a deacon likewise, so he's referring to the verses as well, like likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dis, uh, dishonest gain. They must hold uh, the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderous, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. And let the deacons each be the husband of one wife. The husband. See, so, you know, 
people will use, I think it's Ephesians 4. And they, they use that verse in Ephesians 4 where it talks about that they're given. And he gave them some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Right? Now the pastor, the word for pastor is actually the word shepherd. I am the good shepherd is what Jesus said, right? The Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23. What is a shepherd? It's a herdsman, not a herdswoman. It's a shepherd. It's a herdsman when you look at the word in the Greek. And so this is, this is where we have issues because you're, you're, you're basing this on and, and even as it says pastors and teachers, it says, and the duties of man. And the duties of man. So, where, where's the issue here? Well, what do we believe in, I guess, is, is the bigger thing that we need to talk about. Right? What do we believe in? And, and that's kind of where we need to, we need to discuss. Um, we as calvary chapel association uh we believe in first timothy chapter four uh, or chapter two uh verse 12. Uh, we we don't permit a woman to teach now why do i have a problem with this right why do i have a problem with with people who go against or they want to they want to allow these things to happen um like rick warren i want to i want to make female pastors now mind you there are churches and denominations that allow female pastors that's what they've chosen we don't agree with that and so part of our distinctives as a as a as calvary chapel is this that's we don't agree with it we don't adhere to it we believe that paul was very uh blunt in first timothy 2 verse 12 and he's been very specific throughout um, the New Testament, and, and we go back to the Old Testament and the role of man uh, to lead. Um, and so, uh, it, to me, what it is, it's a problem of submitting to authority. Um, I believe the scriptures are very, very uh, straightforward, and what happens is you, you start trying to bend the scripture the way you want. You're playing gymnastics with the scripture. you got to be careful with that. And I think what Rick Warren did... Um, knowing, because they, there's an authority of the bylaws for the Southern Baptist Church, and yet he knew the bylaw and he decided, I'm going to do this anyway. And then he got called out for it from Pastor Al of Louisville, who said, uh-uh, you know, y'all need to relook at this. And, and then he goes into this whole, like, I'm not going to say anything, but he gives us full resume of all the things that we did and it's like no that's what god did this is where you're 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 missing it you're you're trying to to be so relevant that you're you're creating division within a, a denomination which is really sad um and and if you if you were going to plan to do this why not have them define it last year and if they if you didn't agree with what the answer was then you step away as a denomination and start your own thing and then you allow women to be pastors but you don't drag the southern baptist convention into your chaos now i have a problem with this because this is the same thing that happened with with calvary chapel 
the person knew they shouldn't have been having a woman teacher and they were doing it and then when they got questioned about it it was already too late because they had already let the person have multiple teaching roles and in these conferences and and so it created a, a problem within calvary chapel and that's why you have a, a global network and a, an association uh, the person decided that this is not the direction i want to go and i'm going to go do this and everybody else is like well wait a minute what of our what do our distinctives say that pastor chuck wrote the calvary chapel distinctives that we all adhere to and yet now you're not adhering them so if you wanted to go do that, why not just go ahead and say, "Hey, I'm I'm leaving the denom- I'm leaving Calvary Chapel and I'm going to go do this." But that's this again. You're bringing attention to who? Not God. You. You're bringing attention to you, and and that's the problem I have with this with Rick Warren. Um, that's what's sad. And, and when I look at the headlines and I look at everything that's been done through this, it's really sad. Um, it was sad for us as a Calvary Chapel, but where do we stand as a Calvary Chapel divine? Um, we believe that women can teach uh, women. It, set, it states that in Scripture. Uh, so when the women get together, there's a you know, usually a, uh, one of the pastor's wives or somebody will be teaching. Uh, we believe they can lead children's ministry. They can. Uh, you know be a part of youth and and when we a matter of fact we have um for our youth retreat we have uh two great people coming in and one of them's gonna share her testimony and then she's gonna take the girls and go teach the girls while the other teaches the youth at one point and that's gonna be awesome uh so there's opportunities to do that but i just think when we when we're going against clearly against what god's word says and if that's what you believe like Rick Warren, just go ahead and leave the SBC and and make your exit instead of creating this chaos and all and more headlines, more headlines, more headlines. Instead of it being historic and and being all these different things, like they're they're the headlines themselves. Social networks love it. They love it. And it's it's very prideful. It's very puffed up, and and even the response uh, that was given back was very puffed up and prideful. And it, it, it's really sad, uh, to be honest, when you when you hear the, the what was said, because uh, at some point you got to go. At what point was the Lord involved? Because Rick, God was involved in the very beginning. You know, it wasn't. You know, a, a million people that have been in seminary and all this other stuff that was thrown out and it's just not handled well. And so, but you know, my thing is, if this is something that you feel called that you got to do, don't create chaos. Step away from the denomination that you're in and go start your own thing. And if you want to have female pastors, you have female pastors. But if you know in your bylaws that you're not supposed to and you do it anyway, then Pastor Al had every right to call you out. Just like Calvary Chapel Association had every right to call out the head of of Global Network, Calvary Chapel Global Network, because it was wrong. It was wrong. There was a distinctive that was set and you went against it. 
And so if, if you feel like you need to go do this thing and you want to have female teachers and you want to have Calvinist and all this stuff, go teach, then go start your own church. Create your denomination or do whatever it is that you're going to do. But don't create division within your denomination. Don't uh, not follow the authority of the bylaws that you had put in place. So when you, when you look at um, just the way that this was handled, the best way to look at this is just to walk away. Simply just walk away. <laughs> but man, it, this was a mess. And so pray for Rick Warren. Pray for them to see. I mean, if, if, they, if they have to leave, uh, I, I pray that it doesn't create these two divisions of SPC. Um, it's just sad to see this kind of unfold. It's sad to see the pride and the puffed upness uh, of how he put his presentation together. I think it would have been better for him not to speak and just say, you know what, why don't y'all go ahead and rule on it and I'll accept your ruling. And then you can make your decisions based upon that. And that's really how it should have been handled. But again, if you're a mega church and, and you're on social networks and you're in the regular newspapers and all that stuff is happening, how about understand your bylaws and then if you need to step away from your denomination, do that. And don't pull your convention into this chaos. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's, we have to remember, Paul was very clear on this. And there's really nothing else to say about it because the scripture supports it. A shepherd, a herdsman, that's a pastor. Elder, deacon, men, right? Men. Men, and we have that even followed up by Luke, because Luke wrote the book of Acts, as he shares the story about Stephen and how they were picked. The deacons had to be men. So, uh, Scripture is clear. Don't just remember Scripture. To me, Scripture doesn't, and I, what I truly believe is, it doesn't contradict itself. It complements. It's if it says it here, it's gonna say it here. You know, and, and it does. Paul, Paul clearly throughout, as he writes in Timothy, as he writes in uh, Corinthians, um, as, he, as Ephesians is written, you see the same belief of, the, of where men lead. And so he didn't contradict that. So again, like I said, if Rick Roy wants to go that direction, then Rick, step away from SBC and just say, hey, look, this I've decided to go a different direction. Because it, it doesn't actually go with your bylaws. But you knew that. You knew that when you ordained them. And you got the headlines. Bold move. Historic. Defying the Southern Baptist Church. Rick Warren. That's what it says. It's short-lived. Let me tell you something. It is short-lived. Here today, gone tomorrow. But y'all need to be careful with what you're listening to and what you're following. Make sure you understand what, what your, your beliefs are on this and what the Scripture says. And for me, personally, I don't agree with it. But, you know, like I said, I'm in, I'm in Calvary Chapel Association. We don't, we don't allow it. 
Uh, so it's very clear for us. It's part of even me becoming a pastor and stepping into this role of the church. I have to agree to the distinctives. And one of those is First Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Scripture's clear. Let's try not to create so much chaos, right? And, and pull people away. Because what you do is you have people pulling sides. And, and guess what? You, what happens if, if, when, when you have a woman who says, I identify as a man, so I should be allowed. Right? So all these things, there's a purpose. The enemy's using them. We just need to make sure as Christians we're not going to be the ones being used by the enemy. And, and we need to be careful not to be the ones that are creating division, uh, meaning that we're doing things that we know go against God's word, that go against the authority that has been set in the bylaws. Like, if you don't agree with it, then step away. That's, that's as simple as it gets, you know. But I don't know, you know, I don't know. 90 churches out of 140 you know, he sounds like Chuck Norris, the Chuck Norris of uh, pastors. You know, Charles Spurgeon, you know, and all this other stuff. And it's just, it was sad. For somebody who was going to not say anything, said a lot. And the thing that really broke my heart the most is when he said, we did this, and we did that, and we did this, and we put more people in seminary, and, and it was like, we, we, we. And I was like, at what point was Christ leading you? Because Christ did that. Praise God. Praise God Christ was in that. But sometimes it's better not to be in your emotions and feelings, Rick, and just be quiet. And you, you wrote, And what's crazy is you wrote a love letter to everybody. Let that be what you need to say. Just say, you know what, I, I at lunch I wrote a love letter to everybody. If you can take a time to read that, God bless y'all. Thank y'all so much for for everything and for for allowing to take the time to read that and that's all you had to say but you you got into this whole thing so i, I you know sometimes if you're not gonna you need to adhere <laughs> to what you said don't say anything so all right that's enough of me uh god bless y'all i hope y'all have a wonderful weekend uh this is the calvary chapel digital devotion as we kind of dove into uh the role of a woman uh, in the church, whether they can be pastors or not. I know it goes against the culture because the culture, we are all on equal playing field. But y'all have to remember, we don't, the culture doesn't affect the Bible. Okay? We have to adhere to what the Bible says. And so we need to go by what God's Word says. We need to go by what our beliefs are, which is in Calvary Distinctives. And and what Calvary Chapel Association believes, which is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, and all. So I, I, you may not like this, and I apologize, but uh, it's not my words, it's the Lord's. And so Paul wrote it, God breathed out, and it is his scripture, the Lord's. And it is inerrant, and it's without error. And I believe as you study this, and you look at it intently, you'll see... You'll see that, that they're wrong for ordaining women as pastors and putting them into a place of authority over men. It's, it's not going to end well. And so be careful what you're following. 
Uh, make sure you understand the scriptures as you're as you're getting into it. And if it, if you if you question it and go, and I don't really think that's what it says, then go check it out. Go check it out. That's that's the main thing. So God bless y'all. Y'all have a good one. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is Calvary Chapel Digital Devotion. Y'all have a good one. Thank you so much for joining the Calvary Chapel Weekly Devotion. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And we pray if you'd like to listen to more of the devotions or uh, any of the sermons, you can do all of that at our website at calvarydivine.org. You can also get in contact with me, uh, submit a prayer request, and uh, find out about other events that are happening in our uh, church and in our area uh, that we're participating in. So calvarydivine.org. God bless.